Let's talk. All right. We are recording, so making sure that we're recording. Campbell, Joe, and everyone, if, if you find a sentence or a topic or anything interesting you want to chime in, feel free to do so. I'm just going to kind of manage, let Kimmy uh, drop some knowledge bomb. I'm here to learn. Um, I've recently purchased a lot of uh, sports psychology, behavioral stuff. And uh, Joe does a lot of this stuff as well. So I'm kind of here just to learn. It's a communal conversation. Feel free, yeah. butt in, jump in, whatever, whatever. I'm going to make the start official by um, saying hi to the strength game. What's up, internet? We're on quarantine month number two. <laughs> And we're trying to pass some time by dropping some knowledge bombs. Uh, I enjoy these conversations a lot. Today, we have Kimmy Moss, coach at Deuce Gym, breath and exposure. The timing for her passing to level three was unfortunate for her, but we are doing what we can right now. Uh, yeah. Kimmy and I probably spent the last couple months uh, working really closely together to kind of push her to get through the coaching testing at Dushim. And that was uh, one of my first leadership things that I did in my new role, which, uh, so it was challenging and exciting. Um, do you want to talk about that at all, Kimmy? Yeah, actually that's like even more exciting than anything NLP related. Uh, I think what's coming up right away is like, there are very few people in my life and uh, I was a competitive athlete and then coach before deuce um but very few people who like held a mirror as close to my face as you did and uh and not in a like in a way to put me down like i know you've joked around before about like uh sometimes shaming people is acceptable to like get them to like learn but it, it wasn't that it was just like hey like this can be better or like hey you spoke like this and for somebody who uh you know, I, I'm used to being in a lot of situations where I'm kind of like running the show and in a leadership position, Deuce has been a really interesting place to grow because like I'm not the top top dog. And so it's again, it's not like a deprecating position that you put on me, but it was like continually, here's where you are, great. This can be a little bit better. This is the standard. And more than anything, like you really reined me in on uh, and doing the technical things well, because like you already know, I can like go off in the clouds and like talk theoretical and like all the abstract theories. I love that all day, every day. But at the end of the day, like, how are we teaching people? And you either teach them the movement in a way that they understand or, or you don't. And um, yeah. yeah, that was really cool for me. I want to share kind of that story a little bit. I I've now been on both sides of coming it through the system. Um, and I now realize more than ever how important that system is for our livelihood. And right now during quarantine, you can kind of tell of uh, what kind of capacity and leadership and accountability that builds through each and every coach. Uh, I remember going through it and it being stressful, which is which it is, coaches prep is stressful, but the conversations that are actually had, the sit down conversations, is something that I enjoy a lot. Uh, and I think we both grew to enjoy a lot of, it's not, I use the word shaming, and it's not the right word at all. I think when we actually sit down, it's very constructive and it's, uh, yeah, totally. it's a conversation more than, hey, I'm telling you this and you're wrong. It's, it's not that. It's a dialogue. It's a dialogue. It's versus a big dialogue. Just like, and it's, a, and it's yeah. a dissection from both people. Um, and what you may know or may not know, having those inter interactions and that dialogue and for me to guide you through that is also challenging on the leadership side, right? Yeah. Versus, because that was kind of really the first time I've done it with someone being in the role that I am now. So it was really cool yeah. and it was cool to share that with you and from like the first podcast that we did together to where we're at now is a fucking huge job. You know? I was thinking about that. Yeah, um, because, no, I was gonna say like, I'm a difficult person, right? Like <laughs> I, I am extremely demanding and needy for like 
if I'm doing something, I want all your attention. And so much of like all the roles that we're doing is like there's this hyper focus, hyper stress that you want to eventually get out of and be able to do things more efficient, more efficiently with less effort so that you can do more. And it's not that you're like not caring about it as much. It's just kind of like growing your capacity and then kind of like transitioning your your competence to like not so like aware and more like unconscious of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So uh to catch you guys up kimmy moved here from virginia uh she came over i would assume because of a couple interests uh some of that being like xbt and maybe coaching soccer for a little bit nlp uh breath and exposure the next evolution was her bringing the breath and exposure program to life do you want to share what uh that experience was Totally. Um, I, I think the best quote or kind of like, you know, metaphor here is something that Logan shared with me when I was building. And he was like, you know, when I said, because if I'm the athlete, like, I will kill myself on the field. I'll be Braveheart on the soccer field. Like, we've talked about this. If I'm the coach, it's like my team wins a game or they don't. Like, I hold responsibility. But when you are building a program, I remember Logan's like, you know, it's like, now, rather than just being the, the soccer player and the soccer coach, you also got to draw the field, paint the lines and put people on the field. And it's creating the game and you don't like surrender any of the responsibility of the previous roles. You just add to it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, long story short, that's really hard. <laughs> like you can probably remember there were six months at the gym where, I mean, Anytime somebody's like, hey, Kimmy, how's it going? I'm like, am I going to start crying right now? Like, or somebody asks, like, so tell me, why should I do breath and exposure? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Did you not read the thing? Are you not doing, like, I'm doing all this. And uh, it's a really great way to start any program. It's a great way to reveal all your worst personal flaws because they show up in business. And I don't mean that in like a (laughs) life lesson way, just like, that's the evolution I think that I didn't respect before. I didn't necessarily understand before of like, where do I go after I'm an athlete? Okay. I went to a coach. Where do I go after I'm a coach and I've done like moderately successful, you know, and it is like build a program and be responsible for all these people and don't take everything so seriously. People are going to engage with what you create on their terms at their pace and to go, okay you know instead of like oh that was like the greatest thing ever or if they don't do well you know you're like oh you didn't like it like what was wrong with it instead of just like they can experience how they experience so long as they don't get hurt and they're okay it's like cool thank you for being here onward right yeah there was a lot there and I'm smiling because I got to see all that (laughs) <laughs> and now you're verbalizing it. Uh, so it was really beautiful to see kind of that circle. And now knowing that it doesn't end, it's just a continuous full <laughs> throttle effort single day just to keep the thing alive. You know? Yeah. Is there any advice or, yeah, I guess any advice that you would tell someone who's trying to build a program? Like, I know there was frustration on your end of how slow it was moving or everyone else's inability because they're tapping in, like you said, at their own time mm. and maybe uh, at their own specific, like whatever knowledge base. Yeah. Because um, it is very easy to get frustrated. I'm like, how do you not know? There's a blog. There's a, this is all I post about it. Right. But right. They or that like my time is valuable. Like, do you want all this free information? Like, I'm already using up all my savings. I have no money. Like, what do you want? Right? Without being like, yo, it costs a hundred bucks to talk to me or something like that. Uh, all these things. Yeah. Advice I would give somebody who's starting out. Um, first of all, again, to tie back to something that you've talked about and Logan has talked about is like we don't have time to address these little things of like, my feelings are hurt. Like, if you are engaged to the level that you have the capacity to be engaged with building your program, that could be administrative, that can be 
very like specific technical building a sauna that could be theoretical developing the programming connecting with the community all these things right it's like if you are engaged to the extent that you can be engaged then you start to notice that all the little what ifs of uh what I would look at now is like weeds is you just stop feeding them as much and it's always going to be there but it's like am I you know as I'm sprinting with this project am I going to stop at every like speed bump or gravel or anytime I think there's a competitor and just like start staring at them like that's going to take me away from my thing and uh and so I think engagement is huge and one of the biggest things I've realized personally is that uh, it doesn't serve anyone that much beyond a very small point of time to share lessons about the feelings that you're going through as you go through a process. Like, I understand social media is saturated with like, you know, just keep going, entrepreneurial pursuit, like doing it, all these things, cool, okay, like they're useful. But also, you know what's more impressive? The person who has a program that you can show up for, the person that consistently produces the video content that you know you can show up for. Just like Starbucks is open between these hours, Kimmy's Breath and Exposure is open between these hours. You can access these videos between these hours, not even these hours. Like it's the creation of the thing versus describing the idea and the feelings behind it. Yeah. I also uh, love the structure of the specialty course because of the last like 10 minutes of of what you shared because i learned the same thing of where yeah who's responsible for it you are everyone else is yeah. uh, uh holding up a different flag that also has to be carried at the same time and it's it's a cool learning of that dynamic of how can we help each other at a certain times but also how yeah. can you own up and contribute to the team while carrying your own flag. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it really is a balance and it's almost like a paradox because you have to be a little bit selfish or very self-focused, you know, single focused on your specialty course or whatever it is. But also it's like, I'm at Deuce gym, like I'm on a team. And at the end of the day, like tending to both gardens is like it's not optional it's mandatory yeah so you you figure it out and you tend to both and you slip up a lot but you keep going as opposed to screw this they don't care about me i feel like i'm being taken for granted all the times i thought i feel like i'm being taken for granted guess what that's that's on me i take ownership that i wasn't communicating uh what i was struggling with or what specifically I wasn't getting that I needed. Even it was reassurance of somebody to go, hey, you're fine, keep going. Yeah. And yeah, I just think, uh, I think it's exciting too when you go through a project from the ground up to then start seeing other people who have created anything or anyone who's striving to create anything. And all of a sudden you're like, maybe I hate the program you're making or I'm not interested in it, but I'm like, mad respect. Like you're doing it. I'm more impressed with a person whose face is hitting the cement, building the program that they are like full send on it. than the person who's like, you know, I think this way about uh, online programming or I think this way, you know, like, I don't care what you think you're doing shit. You're just sitting behind a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, but I also want to talk about, you know, the kind of final growth point that again, you saw more than anything, and this is just specific, is like competitors. So anytime anybody does something that's like their own program, right? Like people, if it's cool, hopefully it will spread. And as it spreads, other people are gonna hopefully take it and try to create more with it. And I know when the first breath and exposure seminar other than deuce gym came up i was like livid livid i was like are you kidding me i you learned that from me you're not even going to consult me right this happened like three times and uh i handled it so poorly you know like i'm like 
looking at somebody in the yard with like awful eyes. I mean, you guys probably think I'm insane right now, but you already know that. Bella's laughing at you. The, yeah, the worst parts of myself came out. And then I look back and I'm grateful that that happened because I also see, you know, imitation as like something you need to learn to handle. And by handle, I mean, you know, you let it go. Yeah, and the thing that we talked about, and I think this is is a perfect lead-in into all the NLP stuff, is um, one, no one can coach it like you can, right? Yeah. People are coming to you. People come to me for strength because it's us. We teach it a certain way. We have our own personality. We have our own language. We have our own aura and energy that it it could only be us anyway. And uh, I think it's also a, uh, a pretty cool thing when someone emulates after you as well. Like, oh, damn, I'm actually fucking killing it. Uh, and I think at, also at the root of it, which we talked about, was it, we, us two, or any of us, can't coach everyone. And the thing that we really right. want to do is spread the word on whether it's fitness, right? How many fucking trainers and gyms are there? So mm-hmm. many. What we all really want is just people to be healthy. So it's also cool to have a bigger group of people spread that same word. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to now make the transition to where I think all of these things and the, this has grown and we're in health and coaching um, and all these things goes back to the technical stuff you're going to learn it's you can you can google it the emotional stuff being in tune with people being able to coach gpp plus joe being able to to coach kids being able to coach someone for eight years takes a lot of emotional intelligence can you tap into other people's behavior their their language their body language um I don't know if the energy is one of them, but can you, are you aware enough? I think awareness is the best word of it to be able to grasp where that person is and where you can either meet them or how can you support them? Um, and that's probably the the toughest challenge that I, that I face now trying to interact with more coaches, uh, more often and trying to guide people like guiding you was a a big challenge and i always look forward to it and i think i have some tools but now started to dive in i've been repeating and talking about hey kimmy tell me about your nlp experience i bought Mm -hmm. fucking like six textbooks on behavioral science that i'm gonna spend fucking the rest of the quarantine just diving no, in. No, I brought, I brought a pile of my favorite books <laughs> uh, and they're stacked uh, on some too, but yeah. Right, because mm-hmm. I, I can keep teaching the squat. At some point, it becomes very basic. But how can I yeah. tap into your psyche to where I can get more out of you and you can get because more out of you, right? Then you can, reach a, you can reach a greater platform. And it's easy to start with the people who are interested and in the early adopters. And the next game is how do you stay invested in those people and give them time and energy, but also grow so that essentially your like platform continues to grow and grow and grow and you impact more and more people. But it requires a capacity to understand and be able to communicate with a, a much wider population of people. And that I think and that's it's kind of like the, bring it on. I think that's where the gym is right now. Like the next step yeah. is how can we do the mental training of it, right? And so the first question, forgive me, is how did you stumble uh, along uh, NLP? And what, what were kind of the interests? What, what are the basics of it? What did you learn? Okay, so I should share that my, um, what my education is in. So I have my bachelor's degree in communication. I also have my master's degree in communication. I taught communication college courses of communication for four years, interpersonal communication and group interaction and uh, public speaking. And uh, I got into coaching very young. I've always been someone who, uh, we talk about awareness in a good way. Like it's good to be aware of all these things. Hell yeah. Also awareness is, is kind of like a dial, right? Too little, you're ignorant, you're not aware, oblivious of your surroundings. Too much awareness, 
you're too self-conscious and now it becomes a problem. And so I'm the kind of person that's trended a little too much into too aware. Like, can we rein it in, be focused? Um, but interestingly, that's kind of what gives me value in other ways because not, obviously I have blind spots, right? We use that language here. Uh, but that's my superpower was like trending in the direction of, I see a lot of stuff. And uh, NLP is something that I first heard about in a podcast, like maybe three years ago. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, it's neuro-linguistic programming. And so for all the mindset jargon that's out there, like be your best self, you can do it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, all the one-liners. Mm -hmm. um, NLP explores like, how's the brain wired? Like, why do we believe certain things? What is anxiety? Like, uh, why, why do we feel badly about certain things? Why is our perception limited into viewing behaviors, experiences, et cetera, as bad when maybe it's not bad, maybe it's not good either, but maybe it could just be neutral. And so last year in January, um, when NLP came into town, um, Nikki Schneider, it's, you know, what's it called? Global NLP. And there's like the practitioner and the master practitioner. And I was like, full send, I'm in. Uh, what I find really compelling about NLP is just like we know in fitness, you have to train your body to like have strength. You have to train your body to have endurance. You can't just think about it. And then it's like, oh, I'm shredded. Like, no, you train. But similarly with like neuro-linguistic programming, or even, you know, sometimes people get caught up in that word. It's just a form of mental training that strengthens your mind in a way where you can experience and navigate your life, ups and downs, everything included in that, uh, with a much greater like toolkit, or it's not even toolkit, but it's the ability to be constructive with how you navigate good, bad, everything in between, as opposed to uh, some people perform really well in their field. Maybe it's literally a soccer field, or maybe it's like being a strength coach or being a dad or whatever your like role is. But then there's these other roles where you're just like, no, nah, I'm just not good at that. And NLP's like, yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. That's yeah. a limiting belief. Why is that a limiting belief? If someone, and I'm not saying that feelings are irrelevant. Uh, it can really help tune you in with like, maybe I need to address something here, but like a couple things with neuro-linguistic programming that, that are really profound. There's like presuppositions. So like basic assumptions. And one of them is that people are not their behaviors. So right off the bat, everybody's like, oh, cool. I get a pass. Like I was an asshole the other day, but like, oh, it's okay. I'm not my behavior, <laughs> but you know, a lot what of times. The, what do they say they are? Well, there's this bias, and I can't remember it right now. It's like a, it's like a fallacy, basically. But you look at other people, and if you do something wrong, I'm like, oh, well, he's like a bad person. You know, it's, it's a character flaw. Versus if I do something wrong, it's like, oh, well, it was raining, or like, oh, it was a bad referee, or like, oh, I, I was um, running late because I was doing work you know, and, and so to kind of like, we're getting into bias there. But my point is, NLP expands your way to observe experience. So what's one simple framework for that? There's like five perceptual positions. The first one is like individual. So I see what I see, I feel what I feel, I hear what I hear. I am Kenny. Let, let's use that example. Okay, so let's say uh let's say i cussed you out for i don't know what sake i don't know you 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 did terrible on a workout and i'm pissed at you and we we're competing let's use that example okay so it's like you said that to me in first perceptual position i'm like oh my god this hurts like juan is like grilling me in my face maybe i was trying my hardest and i'm just giving you like what my natural response would be would be like, but like, I'm trying, dude, like, you don't appreciate me, yeah, okay, 
And then if I could peel back for a second, and the cool thing with NLP is the more you kind of like understand these principles, the, the faster you can see it and navigate as opposed to like, hold on, let me take five minutes to observe this now. No, 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 no. We're talking like seconds. So second perceptual position, I look at your position, you looking at me. And when I observe myself in that way, or when I observe the situation in that way, it's like, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? That's a teammate that's pissed because I didn't do my job, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you're observing. And this is the most direct way to communicate that, no matter how like horrible it was. You're cussing me out, whatever. You're communicating a message, right? And then if we were to like peel back even more, what if, you know, Campbell's observing the situation here? So it's the role of observer. What did they see? And it, now you start to almost like detach from the emotional feeling of it. And it's like, oh, cute. There's Juan and Kimmy fighting. Like there's two people that like doing a workout together. And it's not meaningless, but you just start to be like, oh, it's only an argument, right? And then maybe the fourth perceptual position is group. So now how is a group observing this? How would a group be observing me in this situation? The group maybe doesn't give a shit. They're busy doing their other stuff. If this is a large group or if it's a smaller group, you know, they're kind of like, again, those are just two people in a larger group. And then there's so, this like, so where no, where does that leave you at? Like, um, if say we 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 interpret all that, what what do we do with the information? So it helps you be less reactive to stuff that doesn't serve you. Let's so, put it this way: Does it help anyone? It builds awareness and almost a buffer for you to construct your response. Yes, because as part of that group response, if I'm part of a larger group, let's say we were a team of six, maybe that's the group. Is that really helpful for the team if I just go, go off back at you? No, I have to pay attention that like there's a group around me, just like if we were in a classroom having a fight. Is that fair to the 20 other students? Mm. No. And, and so this is where like everybody has a different uh, maybe perceptual position that's kind of like a slip up and it's based on different situations. But to tie it back into like a CrossFit gym, right, both on like students who are in the class and also the coach, it's like no matter what's happening like between two people, you have to remember there's another group mm. and you're sharing this experience with them. And Does then the fifth, more considerate. I think so. More considerate, and you know, it's kind of like it's not all about you. Uh, does NLP? Okay, so even if I'm able to see all that, mm -hmm. could I still not give a fuck and continue to act the way I want to act? Totally. In which case, this is where I think the more you study this type of perception expanding, it's like, okay, Juan, well, if that helps you sleep at night and you're okay being an asshole, <laughs> then you know what? There you go. Go ahead and be it. At least you know. At least you know. I think what's helpful is for any action that you do to be able to explore both sides. How is this constructive? And also how is this maybe not constructive? Well, I imagine what starts to happen as people decipher that in seconds, uh, their actions probably improve anyway. Yeah, and, and I mean, already it's like, let's say before NLP, you blow up on me and then I'm like, dude, I, I'm so upset. Versus if this were to happen recently, maybe I have that like fiery response, but in less than a second, you better believe I'm like, you're right. I messed up. Like, boom, let's do this next thing. Now. Okay. So that was, I think, uh, that was a good example on that. And things that I've started to see is a lot of the, the starting books or the courses is all right. Uh, 
you are getting in your own way because of a small talk in your head. Do you yeah. apply those same frames or there's a whole different strategy, a whole different set of tools? What is maybe tools for that, that self-talk for you to stop sabotaging yourself? I think the biggest tool out of all of those is, uh, it's called the meta-modeling. It's like meta-modeling where you specify what is my goal here? Now, easier said than done. Like, have you ever talked to somebody and they just don't know what they want to do with their life? They're like, I don't like this. Okay, well, what do you like? You're like, well, I don't know. Okay, well, what don't you like? Like, choose, damn it. You have to be engaged. And so for me, how do I, you know, like on the spot, calibrate, choose? It's like, specifically, what is the goal here? So let's go back to this example. What is the goal here? We're trying to win a competition and you're on my team. I didn't do my job well enough. Okay, onward. And all that can be said, I don't have to take it personally. I can hold space for a critical uh, statement and also still be like, I love you. Like, it's cool. So does it start to become, does it start to become more binary? Yes and no. It, it's, I think it goes back to in the context of a situation, when it's specific, it is binary. At the same second, whatever, when you step away from it, you're like, it's only one experience right there. What about, okay, so with that said, with, with it being binary, so what if it's not something that's very binary? Oh, I get, let's try You got to rein it in then. I don't, let's try this. So say it's, I'm not seeking, I guess that doesn't apply. So happiness, I'm, we're seeking happiness, not necessarily in this example. Uh, yeah. And there's emotions evolved. Can we still apply this or, and, or where do emotions come in? Okay, so the thing about emotions is like they're kind of like like the clouds, like they're always going to be there. Mm -hmm. But it's like, can you can you go over them? Can you go over them and observe yourself? In NLP, sometimes we say this is like flying. So it's it's uh, the term is timelining. Can you detach from yourself, look down, and be like, if you were on the roof right now observing yourself, you go, oh, Juan's in a bad mood. Okay, oh, I wonder why he's in a bad mood. Oh, you know what? Juan hasn't had dinner yet. You know, like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> that, make, that makes sense. And what, again, it sounds silly now, but you begin to, in quicker real time, when you have strong emotions, it's like, okay, zoom out for a second. Oh, I haven't eaten. Oh, maybe uh, I've been at the computer for six hours and I haven't worked out today. Okay, that makes sense. Now, what can I do? It's like, what's, what's the next constructive thing that I can do? And feeling sorry for yourself just isn't an option anymore. Like, it's like, a, it's a fitness, right? You either do the workout or you don't. And what I found and why I think having this mental training, this framework, or I should say it's access to more ways that you can observe and experience the world, especially in a time like, you know, COVID-19 and I live alone and I haven't hugged another human in like a week, you know, like that's hard. But also I just launched a breath program. I just have been working like a slave to like do what you can do. And so this sliding scale of like specificity is if you're in a role, be specific with what it is that you want to do and to tie back into like happiness. The thing we know about flow, like optimal experience, when people just feel like time disappears and you're fully engaged, you're not thinking about anything else. These are when you're just like fully immersed in something. So to even have the opportunity to be fully immersed, you have to be committed enough, engaged enough in a specific body of work, craft, line of thought to even have that opportunity. And so when you can reverse engineer it from there, you start to observe yourself when I'm feeling sorry or somebody's scrolling on Instagram. It's just like, oh, you know, you have time to have those thoughts. Go do something. Yeah. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle sometimes that if you're not disciplined to pull away, and again, 
do something, anything, then you start to just observe all these other people and, and be suddenly unhappy. you're not and be unhappy. So how, okay. So I have started to do this, um, one for myself and starting to think of constructing an operating system for Lucas and baby number two. So like the complexities have gone bigger. So yeah. I'm trying to like nail down. All right. I need to come up with an operating system to keep our heads on track because it, it and structure structure helps because so, it reigns in on specificity. How, how have you creating that created the operating system for you and what I'm most curious about is when you fall off the rails, what do you do to come back and be centered? Okay. So this kind of ties back into what we started at of like building this project and like, Oh, there's this, like, this is way harder than I imagined. I've grown tremendously because I can either feel upset about all these new obstacles or I go home. Oh, the capacity is growing. That's cool framing so much of nlp is reframing as well what i have found works best for me and maybe this is just like the language that works based on breath and exposure is like literally what are exposures that help me i don't want to rely on a specific type of coffee or food or tv show like i don't even watch tv but uh i know when i feel less than ideal Okay. There's, I have a couple go-tos in my back pocket and it's taken two years of living on my own out here to kind of figure that out. What are some of those things? Go for a 10 minute walk straight up, get outside, get your ass outside. It is that simple from there? It's like, okay, now how do you feel after moving mm, better? There's another thing here again, and there's small habits as well. So one is get outside. I give myself five, 10 minutes. Second thing, write. I used to always be like, Haha, people have a diary. That's dumb. No, I have a journal. Since last October, I've written in that thing basically every single day. There's no prompt. There's no specific thing that I have to write. I go, you're just going to go unapologetically. Like, don't filter yourself. Write. That's a beautiful thing. Because as somebody who has to write copy all the time and be super critical of like, how does it sound? And how will people receive this? And is this ideal messaging? That's just time for me to like data dump. Movement in terms of training in the gym, big piece of that. But does it have me or do I have it? And so my relationship with fitness has grown because you know this. Like I used to have so much stress just before the workout even started. Again, this is like two sport college athlete, almost went pro in soccer. Like I want to be the best. And to show up for a class and think for a second that I might not win the workout. Like that was like, how could I do that? So I didn't even want to show up. Then I would feel worse. And now it's having a different relationship with fitness of like show up, do the work, get moving first, have a feeling about it second. So really what great quote that I want to add in right now. Uh, Lenny Wiersma, who is a sports psychologist. This is old school from a barbell shrug podcast. He goes, there's motion and there's emotion. Most people think it goes, emotion than motion i feel a certain way so i do a thing he's like that's not how it works move first see how you feel second and it becomes this task completion thing so when it comes to structure it's like finding the things finding the stresses and the experiences that wake you up and help you perform better for me that could be five minutes of breath work in the morning that could be walking outside that but it's like these little things where I notice I'm getting stale at the computer. Okay, it's time to pivot. Go write for 10 minutes. Go listen to music. Dance to a song for three minutes. Talk to someone. There are all these different channels. And as I describe them, it's like, it's simple. No, it's not. I literally have a list when this uh, self-shelter thing went into place. I don't know where it is now. I'm gonna show you this, hold on. I literally, for the first week, made a list of things, checklists, like you are going to do breath work in the morning, you're going to eat breakfast, you're going to have coffee, you're going to do programming. And, and I only did this for a week, but I'm telling you, you have momentum to. builds, momentum builds on itself. 
And again, it's an individual discipline and responsibility to create that for yourself. Uh, do you, is there, okay, so the, the thing that keeps popping up in my head and I started to dive in a little bit is anchoring. Is this a, a glimpse of that? Could you call this anchoring at all? Okay, so have you read about anchoring for like NLP? Uh, no, not deeply enough. Well, because anchoring, if we're talking about NLP, would literally be like, I'm going to choose it's my knuckle. Does it have to be physical? It doesn't have to be physical, but it's stronger if it's physical. All that being said, let's just go back to the concept. The concept of anchoring yourself is 100% a like go-to lifestyle necessity that I go by. And if you're unwilling to even choose what you're going to anchor yourself in, that's a losing battle. So like in NLP, we also talk about uh, there's, are you the victim? Are you the passenger? Are you the villain? Are you like the hero? And so basically, you know, the, the victim is the person who's like, you couldn't blame me. Like, I'm, I'm like a victim of my circumstances. First of all, you're never, you can always reframe it in another way. Even if you are a prisoner of war, there's the passenger that's like, I'm on this team and it's like, I'm not, I'm just going with the flow. These are people who fill roles really well where like they're not in leadership positions. They're just like, tell me what to do. Like the intern who's like, what do I do? What do I do? And you're like, would you just do whoa, something on your own? Whoa. No, not you. <laughs> a typical, a typical intern. Bella is, is Bella still here? Yeah. Okay, you're a proactive, you're a proactive girl. Don't you worry. Okay. Um, but like this immature, younger, tell me what to do. Okay. Then you have the prisoner who, I don't want to say they're a washed up has been, but they're almost a victim because they've been around for long enough and they know what it would, it would be like to be better and take control, but they choose to be like, uh, you know, they, they kind of, it's like when they start to turn sour. Somebody in an organization where it's like, are they ever gonna try harder? Are they just gonna be around forever? They do the bare minimum. Mm, my friend. And then you have, I hate those people. You're probably thinking of those people now. And then you have the hero who's like, it's my life, I'm gonna run the show. And it doesn't mean at the expense of other people, but like, let's go, do everything you can. Everything is an opportunity. So how do you train anchoring? Isn't well, the of it Tony Robbins? I didn't learn from Tony Robbins. <laughs> and he, he has a little bit of, there's like a performance aspect of it too, which yeah. from like an educational perspective, I've recommended this book to you before. I actually just gave it to Logan, but um, it's called Pedagogy Via Press. Mm-hmm. and looking at education in terms of like as the educator it's your responsibility to obviously guide your students but it should never be in a way where you're like I'm right you're wrong listen to me because you're never empowering them then and so I don't want to say Tony Robbins is like that but a, a little bit of his like style mm-hmm. is kind of like come to my show and walk on my hot coals and be your best self but remember I'm the guy standing on stage making bang don't tell Tony I ever said any of this. Uh, what he says, super powerful. But again, it's like that's an external influence on people. And maybe that's what they needed to make an attitude change, a behavior change. But ultimately, everybody needs to have the capacity to like self-start, self-soothe, self-discipline. Otherwise, these external things are a crutch. And that takes a long time to build that. To understand how to anchor, you also need to be very in tune with like, what are my values? Mm. And most people can't articulate them. So again, to go back to like the whole specifically thing, when you, if I was like, Joe, what are your, what are your values? You might be like, uh, peace, love, and prosperity, you know, or like, I don't, I don't know what it would be, but what you have to do is ask better questions. And that's a large part of NLP. So when someone is saying, you know, I'm just so upset. I'm just so stressed today. Okay. Ask them like, well, like, 
what specifically is going on? And then maybe they're like, oh, I mean, like, it's just like relationship stuff. You go, okay, like specifically though. They're like, well, we're like going to break up. Oh, okay. Da, da, da. And so like, you'll also find that, again, that's not necessarily a value thing, but it's just identifying like, what is at the heart of the problem here? Yeah. I so, put, okay. So more recently, I... I have been thinking about this stuff because I want to start at some, at some point I want to start coaching people. Uh, yeah. And I've started to talk about this and I've kind of see, see it in stages in my mind to where stage one is you, the person, you have to be the one to want to be open to changing and taking feedback. Yeah. One. Otherwise any conversation we have is going to be useless. Right. So yeah. you're going to have to want to change first. Once we can have that in that same phase, you're going to take ownership of all your actions and all your behaviors. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Fuck. Okay. Now we have a base to where we can have a conversation. We can go back and forth. The second one of that is trying to figure out what your values are. Right. Cause the way I see it is like NLP is an operating system to where you can come back to those values. If those values are not being fulfilled, is the reason why you're feeling that way. Yes, you're not, you're not necessarily aligned. But to even get to those values, it's also understanding that you can communicate more effectively with people in different ways. So what do I mean by that? Uh, if I were to say right now to everybody in this video talk, okay, guys, draw a picture of Deuce Gym, the inside of Deuce Gym right now on a piece of paper. Everybody writes that, okay? I mean, I would nail and that to continue. No, you would nail that. We would all hold up this piece of paper and everybody's photo would look different. Yeah, yeah. It's not a matter of drawing. It's maybe I really accent the red wall and you really accent the, the dumbbells, okay? Or you draw the, the boxes way bigger or Joe's like drawing the water bottles that people always leave out on the little window. You know, like what is it that people do? And so with that being said, some people are more visual. Some people respond much better to seeing things different types of learners. Some people are way more auditory. Uh, maybe this is because like, I have a dad who's like a broadcast journalist. Communication was my major. I, I'm very good with audio. Even Versus, in coaching. <laughs> too much, <laughs> uh, right, right? And so then you start to see that there as well. Uh, and then you have people who need to be engaged, who are like, uh, you know, I don't understand this unless I'm moving. So what's interesting is, and we won't necessarily get into it, but you can start to get really specific and do testing to see um, where people communicate best. Mm. You know, some people buy smell. So it's like, have the bacon roll and like, they're going to focus or maybe That's they're not, they're not. Sure. It's insane. But, but again, it's like, let's do this in a way where I can meet you where you're at and you meet me where I'm at instead of like, I'm right, you're wrong. It's like, oh, I know Juan is more kinesthetic. So like, it makes sense to teach in a way, to communicate with him in a way where I can engage that. And then there's specific wording and verbs that you can use to close that gap even better. Then there's like, right now, you're like this, okay? You wanna build rapport when you're communicating with people. So you, obviously it's not nonchalant now, right? But have you ever noticed when you're talking to somebody and maybe you're like this, and then they start to do that? Mm. now they're they're mirroring you that's a good sign okay this is why like if i if i think somebody like remotely is like interested i'm like oh shit i already know it like i knew it before you walked over here right or like vice versa hyper hyper conscious like oh my legs are facing that way they know and so what's cool is to build rapport you build trust with someone and there's a gap between there's a gap between what people say this is how i feel and that subconscious what they actually feel. And this will bubble up, but they have to feel safe around you first. Mm. So one way to get there is, am I speaking to them? You know, is it more verbal, kinesthetic, whatever it may be? Okay. Or am I speaking in a way that speaks of their values? So to elicit core state, like, give me like two of your values right now, Juan. Mm. I always go with, uh, well, I don't know if discipline's a value. 
Is it a, no? What's greater than discipline? Put it this so, way. Is okay, there anything? So Logan and I did this, and we went down to uh, freedom. Oh, for sure. Okay. So when I would be speaking to you about something that maybe you're moving towards or setting a goal, I would say, and I want you to imagine when you step into this leadership role, you have more freedom than you've ever had before. And you're like, oh, like I can feel that. I can see that. That's cool. There's something called a circle of excellence. Again, you could re um, frame it. So you're using different rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially telling people like, hey, tell me your superpowers right now. Like, when do you feel, when do you feel like I am killing it? And I'm already going to fill in the blanks a little bit for you. When you wake up at 3 a.m. and you take that like Instagram timestamp and you're driving to the gym and you're like tired as hell, but you're like, that's right. Or when you, you do that first set of like squats and it's 4 a.m. That feeling, that like swagger or whatever it is. I would have you, okay, Juan, I want you to think about that feeling. Cool. I also want you to think about how you feel when you close the deal on, you just sold Strength 202 to another gym. They paid five grand for the year. And you're like, dope, or or whatever, okay? And now I want you to think about how you feel when you, Floor, and Lucas are all just having a sweet, like, night together. And you're all cuddled up, you know watching TV. And so again, I'm like trying to elicit, I'm not doing it here, but I can get you to imagine all these things, step into this thing. And then I go, Hey, this is your, again, we call it in NLP circle of excellence, but you could go, this is your, uh, this is like star, star power mode. I want you to think of that star power mode. And now when Joe or now let's say for you, you're, you're scared about going to this meeting. You're scared about uh, hosting this event. Maybe you're not scared, but you're nervous about it, whether you want to admit it or not. I go, I want you to think of like one swag mode. How would you feel when you're, when you have all those things at 4am sealing the deal with your family? And you're like, again, it's eliciting a state of like, I feel Mm. pretty good. And I go, yeah, I want you to take that into this situation. And so then you can begin to play with people simulating experiences before they happen. And that empowers them to step into it in a future time. And they're like, I've done this in my head. I visualize this. Yeah, I heard uh, there was a podcast and there was a mental training coach for a quarterback in the NFL. And he would always make him picture his son laughing or giggling you know it's the yeah and and you can also do uh when shit hits the fan and you're in a bad situation imagine like a really hideous song at that time or like imagine like ymca playing have you ever heard all of a sudden you start laughing this is irrelevant but he's (laughs) (laughs) it's like uh, yeah (laughs) Joe's the best. <laughs> God bless Joe. Uh, yeah. Joe, my birthday's in September if we make it. <laughs> but you know, like I think yeah. the essence of all of this is that you have more tools to call upon. Yeah. To navigate any experience. I'm excited. I, yeah. I think the real finesse of it is, you know, obviously there's like a business standpoint where you have to market this to people like this is what I'm offering. But also when you do it so well people just naturally start to seek you out more and it speaks for itself kind of like results in the gym. You don't have to be like, I'm the, I'm the strongest person. It's just like, no, you're really strong and people know that and people are going to keep hanging out because you're doing the thing versus talking about doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Uh, I know Joe has done some of this. Joe, do you want to chime in on any of it? Let me unmute you. You're unmuted now. You are permitted to talk. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, I'm fascinated because uh, I'm just enjoying this. Uh, please go on. I, I can't add anything to this at, at this moment. You're just, uh, you're, you're rekindling my education. And uh, 
the mirroring was very important, right? Because I've, I've used NLP for hypnosis. Yeah. It's very powerful, uh, the mirroring, where you could uh, not only am I trying to get somebody to uh, mirror me in, in that acceptance, but I can mm -hmm. manipulate them by changing, you know, we've done this, mm -hmm. and while you followed me, you mirrored me in this, I'm then going to gradually do something else. And if I see you do that. Yes. And, and then you start to notice, like, you can be discreet about it, right? But even like to give someone a slightly forward lean as you're talking to them, that's such a kind gesture if they're, you know, you're, response to what they're saying they value that as opposed to like talk to me like okay well your body language is saying you really don't care but like this and even I think especially for coaches right with the hip, whether it's hypnosis or just mirroring uh, how powerful your voice is as an instrument and you have to take responsibility for the ways that you can alter it yeah so monotone isn't like you have the capacity to do greater than that and the way you raise your voice and lower your voice and soften it yeah i haven't had to yell in a couple of weeks <laughs> i know You're, you probably feel great now yeah. oh man uh kelly bella campbell you guys have any we can open it up q a i think it's a good start uh i think as maybe as i start to learn more we can do more of this and be more specific in some of the tools and examples that i find and maybe teach more people as we go or maybe we have yeah. an idea uh do any of you guys have a question no tight well uh yeah So, um, what are some more actionable things that you can do to, to train yourself and get that self-awareness? Well, let, I would have to, not to meta model you, but like specifically, where are you looking to apply it? Or where, where do you find that like right now you want it to be better with self-awareness? Really? I mean, in, in all aspects of my personal life. Yeah. So I think. Specifically professional. Yeah, I think looking at something like communication is a great place to start. And uh, I actually meant to share this. This is a, you know, presupposition, an assumption of NLP, is that uh, the meaning of communication is the response you get. And so when we're talking about awareness, and we're talking about the effectiveness of like, how aware am I, you need an objective marker here to test it, at least like initially. And so I would say for business, right? You're like, I want to know if I have more awareness. Cool, let's test it. So what is it, the message maybe? And you can decide this, right? That I want to communicate with people about my business. I want them to know how awesome I am. I want them to know what I have to offer here. Cool. So offer what you, your best attempt is and see how they respond. And based on that response is then going to strip back to, okay, let me like recalibrate with my awareness here. Did, did the point, you know, land on them or did they not understand that? And then if so, can you recoil into considering these like perceptual positions before you make your next attempt? So let's say you're launching a program and you're like, this thing is like so amazing. You launch it, three people sign up. You're like, are you kidding me? 30 people should have signed up. Cool. Okay. Who are people that you didn't get to sign up yet? Can you consider how they're observing you? Can you speak into uh, the wants and needs in their life that you know are important to them? So if I know with Juan that freedom is important and I want something from him again, or I want him to take on a role, then I'll be like, Juan, like I'm trying to grow this role at Deuce and like, you know, I could use your help here. And I'm not asking for a lot of your time. I actually just am asking for like 20 minutes every Wednesday. You still have your freedom. Would you be able to do that? I've acknowledged where he's at in addition to what I want from him. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it was a great answer. Thank you very much. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, but it's fun. And it's, uh, I think, another thing that's cool, and this kind of like piggybacks on people are not their behavior, is looking back on experiences. NLP suggests that you don't try to change things, but can you change the way you observe them? Mm. And so let's say you were treated badly by someone else. You can actually go back in time and run a thought experiment as your better self, where you look back and, you know, maybe it's like that X and you're like, I forgive them. And, and here's the, the big thing. And we can kind of leave it at this too, is to notice every time you feel like you've been mistreated or, or whatever, to look back and go, you know what? There is positive intent behind every action. This might've been the biggest takeaway for me. If someone is unkind to you or they were aggressive or they were whatever, it's like at that time, that was the best that they could do, no matter how horrible it was. And when you can begin to entertain that perspective, it suddenly becomes like, oh, like I really, I really can control what I can control and I don't have to let any external influence make me feel bad or lead me on a path that's not constructive. You start to detach from the emotion of it and even the impact that it has on you. And so like daily stoic, all these things, amazing, cool. We're understanding it in like this headspace, but are you actually applying it when shit hits the fan? Just like with breath work, I can take people through breath work and they feel amazing. What did they look like in the supermarket when there was no toilet paper and people were going haywire like two weeks ago? Were they yeah. in control of their breath? I think, that, or were they I, think, I think that's the thing that attracts me to where I see people reading a lot and then their real life behavior is not that. Incongruent you're like did you not read it or like where's the missing link to where you're not practicing and where i feel like this is headed is no this is practice all the time yep right like that's the big difference. you sign up for that you sign up for that and i think like the agreement of yo i'm trying to i'm trying to be better like mine comes rooted from i gotta coach a bunch of people physically and emotionally and a head of household that's becoming more complex uh i can't act on maybe some emotions externally because i need to hold that ground for everyone else yes but also everyone has needs and wants and for anyone to think that they're above basic needs and wants you're stabbing yourself and you're delaying a wound. Mm -hmm. So again, let's go back to the like, are you the hero or the victim mindset? This is similar to people are studying, they're reading Daily Stoic, they're woke. Are you? <laughs> I just like to like play, gamify it. For someone Daily who goes, ah. <laughs> for someone, for someone who's like, it's fine, like it's fine. I don't, I don't need to be paid, or like I don't need love, or I don't. Actually, you need all these things. You need these things and it's okay to say that you need them and to get what you need so that you can move forward. Because it's, it's not heroic in any way to be like, I'm only gonna sleep three hours a night. Cause like, yeah. you know, it's like, you gotta take care of, you know, the, put your life vest on first. You gotta go first. You gotta do first. Um, that's all I got, I think. Yeah. Thank you, Kimmy, for sharing that. Uh, I hope everyone else enjoyed it as well. I will put this out as soon as I can. My goal is to continue, hopefully, to bring some knowledge. We did uh, the four agreements with the boys the other day, which was pretty, pretty tight. Do you know them, Kimmy? No. Uh, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personal. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. 
Uh, so like we, that. we dissected that. Um, so we're just trying to articulate and share anything that we learned besides squatting a barbell for the time being. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you. I appreciate the time. I appreciate all of you guys jumping on in. Hopefully, yeah, I think you. if you guys have a topic that you want to do, reach out and we can jam on it as well. Yeah. That's all I got. I'm going to go to sleep. Love yeah, me you. too. Bye. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. How do I do this? Leave. Welcome to the Juan 101 Podcast. On this show, we break down high-performing strategies, influential interviews, and try to develop discipline, mindset, and character traits. Please welcome your mostly Latino, somewhat literate host, Juan Guadarrama.